I'm Cody from Game Life Balance US, a proud member of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the one you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in three, two, one. Billions and billions. And welcome to episode 160 of Better Podcasting. On this show, we talk directly about owning your own RSS feed. In this week's Better Podcasting download, we talk about how we're getting more information when we get rejected. Oh, that reminds me of high school. And finally, in this week's Better Podback, we get to the feedback we teased last week. It's all about your most fun, highest downloaded, and most meaningful episodes. Lauren, start the show now. Welcome to Better Podcasting, a show where we talk about podcast tips, tools, and best practices to help you succeed with your podcast. What makes us different? Well, just like you, we podcast purely out of the love and fun of it. Podcasting is our hobby, and we recognize that it's yours too. We always encourage your questions and feedback, and you can find all of our contact information at betterpodcasting.com. Here's your host for the show, Stephen John Drew and Stargate Pioneer. Welcome to episode 160 of Better Podcasting. I am Stephen John Drew, and for the third to last time of 2018, I am here with Stargate Pioneer. This is just crazy. I cannot believe that 2018 is almost over with. I just I can't wrap my head around it. I want to go out there and mow the lawn like it's in the middle of July. That would be a very awkward thing to do in the middle of December where you live. I feel like you would be mowing snow. Fun fact, the last five years I have mowed the lawn in December, including this year. Really? Okay. well, well, we are not talking about mowing your lawn here on better podcasting we do like to talk about a bunch of podcast happenings and one of the ways that we do that is we kick off the top of our show with either a how i saved my podcast story or how i could have saved my podcast story and what this is is it's a section where we like to talk about how somebody has saved their podcast or could have saved it and that's just so that we can do some group learning and we can all just learn from each other's mistakes and just learn from things that come up that might possibly cause a hiccup with our podcasting. And today, we have a How I Saved My Podcast story that came in just the other day via email, and it was one that we wanted to share very quickly because it just uh, it's all about unexpected events. And so I'm just going to turn it over to Resident Reader. That's his official title now here on, on Better Podcasting. Resident Reader, Stargate Pioneer, to read the email. So good to have a title, Stephen. Thank you for giving me a title. I'll throw it on your business card. Resident reader. <laughs> That'd be great. So another reason why this is important for me to read this one is I don't know if I could have recorded this either audio or video if this was me. This was very powerful and it hit both Stephen and I. Stephen responded on email and I just let Stephen respond. But we're going to talk about this as we go along. So just be prepared. This is this is kind of a tearjerker. So this is how the email goes. Hello, guys. Thought I'd share a how I saved my podcast story. It happened earlier this year when my dad unexpectedly passed away. All of a sudden, a priority level of my podcast dropped. I know there's lots of solo hosts out there like me. So when an emergency happens, what happens to the show? Here's what I did. Immediately, I knew my show would go on hiatus. Would I cancel it altogether? I didn't know. I hope not, but there was just too much other stuff on my mind right after he died. Fortunately, it wasn't a decision I had to make right away. For about two years, my show was a weekly podcast, and I always had about four or five episodes in the can. So when he died, I had about a month's worth of content already scheduled and ready to go. Even though I would have been fine with the podcast going dark until I was able to surface again, having that bit of content going out also helped buy some time for me to record an announcement for the show. That meant I had a month before I had to do anything on the podcast, including making a decision about its fate. Although I didn't know how long it'd take to get started again at the time I went on a hiatus, it ended up being for two months. 
but half of that was covered by content already recorded, so listeners only went a month without content. In those two months, I also realized the amount of time to work on the podcast that I had before would be changed for the foreseeable future. So I had three choices. Keep the show on an indefinite hiatus until I had more time, cancel it altogether, or change the amount of time it took to make the show. I chose option C. Instead of creating the show weekly, I brought the show came back on a fortnightly schedule as the months have passed. I had a new idea for minisodes that take a lot less time to create. That has been working really well to help me keep creating bonus content for patrons between the public episodes. Would I have been able to bring it back weekly if I hadn't chose option C? Maybe, maybe not. As for the impact on my numbers that I am sure everyone is curious about, yes, it has impacted my download numbers. But that impact only seems to be because there are two episodes a month being downloaded instead of four. The two that come out are still hitting the same numbers and seeing the same steady growth on release day that the four month were hitting before the hiatus. I don't wish emergencies on anyone, but I hope my story helps podcasters think a little bit about what they might do should an emergency happen. Take the time you need, and if you decide to come back, don't be afraid to make changes to the show to adapt to your new normal. This is from Dan, and he is the host and producer of Based on a True Story podcast, which you can find at BasedOnATrueStoryPodcast.com. Yeah, this email, when it came in, uh, I wanted to reply to it right away because it's very, very vulnerable because this is such an intimate story of uh, something that affected Dan. And I have to say that I was really, really appreciative that Dan was willing to share this with the audience because he did send it to us as a how I save my podcast story. So Dan knew that we were going to share it on here. And um, I think it's a really good example about how sometimes personal life just needs to take priority and it's best to deal with that and figure it out once that settled down and once you've kind of gotten through that to a degree. You know, it's something that in this case, he could have definitely abandoned it. He had the luxury of several weeks buffer, but that could happen to people who don't have that. And sometimes you just prioritize the personal life and know that your podcast will be there. And if you have listeners that are really interested, they might stick around like Dan's did here. So just know that podcasting is not everything. It's, it, there's other more important things that can come up. And definitely this is an example of it. So Dan, thank you so much for emailing that to us. I really appreciate it. Again, I know this was a very, very intimate thing that you shared with us. So thank you. I knew this was going to be difficult even for me to read because I have been kind of private about my life in 2018 and I've had four major emergencies happen in my life and none of which are at the level that Dan had to go through, but they were close and it was really difficult to get through this year for me. And at any point in time, I was ready to stop and it just so happened that the timing of events were as such that I could come back and podcast on better podcasting for the most part going to geek, but there were some going to geeks that I missed. I cannot imagine getting together to record an episode to tell everybody of what's going on right after something happens. That would be just terrible. I've actually seen this on YouTube with a couple of the sailing channels that I watch and unfortunately with sailing world, you're disconnected from your family. So it's not like you're seeing your family all the time, but you have something like this happen. You have to immediately stop what you're doing and you have to fly back and that impacts your production schedule for sure. On YouTube, it's definitely more difficult to record a message because it's video. I can't imagine doing that. I mean, I lost a pet once and I just about broke and it just happened at the time of year where we were taking a couple of weeks off and I just lucked out there. So don't expect when you're coming out of something like this that you can record that message for your listeners because you just might not be able to get it out for a while. Just talking about it and talking why that you've had to step away for a little bit, it could be very traumatic for you. So just keep that in mind. You can't really pre-record something like that, but get the information out on social media when you can take a second to, to write it and just say, hey, I'm coming back. 
um, got to step away for a little bit and, and just go on. So for that, Dan, I completely understand what you did here. I we don't stack four or five episodes no. on our gonna geek shows that we do, and that would be unfortunate for us. However, we have co-hosts, so our co-hosts could take over a little bit and go forward. So that's something to consider as well if you have co-hosts. Not saying if you have a show, solo show that you need co-hosts, but if you have a solo show and you want to weather some emer- short, short emergency stacking episodes, might be a way to go. I know a lot of people can't do that. And just to get technical here, and I don't want to minimize his response at all, but just to get technical here, he talked about download numbers at the end. And there's this misconception between monthly download numbers and episodic download numbers. Really, what you're talking about with your download numbers is not how many downloads you've had over the month. You're talking about per episode download numbers. And it seems like from what Dan was writing that he didn't take a hit at all with the hiatus and then adjusting his production schedule to every other week. So it seems like he has a strong audience. He has a good product that people still want, even though it's every other week. And I think he made all the right choices along the way. Sure. Could it have hampered his growth? Yes. But there's real life out there, guys. Very few people can podcast for a full-time job. I'm assuming Dan's not doing this for a full-time job. I don't know Dan or his podcast or his story, but I just, I'll just assume that he's a hobby podcaster like us. And this is amazing from what he was able to do coming from where he was. So congratulations, Dan, on weathering that storm. Congratulations on continuing your podcast. And I am definitely going to be taking a listen to your show this week. I would have before we recorded, but we literally just got this last night. So I haven't had a chance to download your show. Absolutely. So if you have a how I save my podcast story, it can be something that's more technical or it can be something more like this. Please send it to us. It's podcast at betterpodcasting.com. If you can send a video or audio clip, that would be great. But if it's best to be in text like this one was, feel free to just send that in by email. We are very happy to read that out on the show again. It's all about helping each other out. But let's go ahead and move on to our featured segment where we're going to talk about the truth behind owning your RSS feed. All right, here's the thing. We have a little bit of a change of topic this week. For those of you who have been listening for the last about month, uh, you probably know that we have been planning this, quote, one thing for 2019. We wanted you to listen back to your show and listen from a sort of listener perspective and identify one thing that you would change with your show in 2019 that you think would benefit your listener. We've been soliciting this for quite a few weeks now, and I got to say, we got some really, really good entries so far. And last hour, we had a couple of people who say, oh, I meant to send that in. Oh, darn it. Well, guess what? We also recognize that it's very busy this time of year for people, especially podcasters who are trying to balance podcasting along with all of year end activities that are usually their personal lives and a whole bunch of mess is happening in December. And so what we wanted to do uh, We wanted to actually shift this. So we've taken that episode that we were going to have today and we're going to have it within one of the first couple weeks in January. So we've extended the deadline until the end of December. So December 31st, 2018, go ahead. And if you wanted to get this in and you thought you missed your opportunity, press pause right now and record it. Press pause right now, record it and send it to us before you miss that opportunity again, because you got now till the end of December 2018 to send that to us again. That's one thing that you have identified by listening back to your show that you want to change. And where this all stemmed from was I was listening back to the official gunnageek.com show. That's the other podcast that I do. And I was thinking to myself, Stephen, you need to enunciate better. So I made that my goal and I started that right away. But that was one of the things that I wanted to make better in 2019. I find over there I slur my words a lot and I wanted to make sure that I didn't do that. So that was an example of something that listening back, I identified for my own show. So send that in to us. Again, we've got some great submissions and we'll kick that off at the beginning of 2019. And so today we have decided why not replace this sort of touchy feely topic idea that we had with just some hot, hot, hot topic discussion. And that's why we're talking about the truth 
behind owning your RSS feed. And SP, why don't you give the backstory on how this has come to be today? You bet, Stephen. So back in episode 65, we talked a bit about the pros and the cons of self-hosting. It's kind of an earmarked episode for us. But one of the things we talked about was how self-hosting potentially allows for some benefits, which I agree with. If you've ever seen discussions about self-hosting versus media hosting, there are often a lot of big names in the space, both on the media side of hosting and the self-hosting side of things, and it gets pretty heated. Before we continue, though, I want to say, we want to say that Steven leans more towards self-hosting and I lean more towards media hosting. But the one thing that we can both agree on is that when all these big names argue about this topic, there's definitely a certain level, and I'll keep it kid-friendly here and say <laughs> BS provided by both sides of the argument. So today, we're just going to lay it all out for you. We're going to cut through the mess and give you the key takeaways about this topic. We'll discuss the facts behind owning your own RSS feed. We'll discuss things that you may want to consider with either method. And we'll also discuss some ways to maximize your decision, whichever you choose. So, Stephen, what do you want to talk about first? Uh, what is owning your RSS feed? Why, why don't we start with that? All right. That's a really good place to start so that we can actually define the parameters for this. So as we have mentioned in the past, uh, we've talked a little bit about self-hosting versus media hosting. But today is different. That's because when people often talk about self-hosting and media host and they talk about owning your RSS feed, they kind of use these terms interchangeably. Well, today we're talking more specifically about the idea of, quote, owning your own RSS feed, end quote. So for today's purposes, we're going to lean a little more black and white than we usually do. And we're going to say that, quote, owning your RSS feed, end quote, is going to ha be having total ultimate control of your podcast RSS feed. So for example, having all of your RSS feed and the related assets under your own domain, that would be an example of how today we're going to talk about, quote, owning your RSS feed, end quote. Now, we should also note that we are going to touch on some related important sort of ownership podcast considerations that go down that same train of thought. So that's sort of what the parameters are going to be today. And again, it's not self-hosting versus media hosting. We'll touch on that a little bit later. It is a little bit different. But SP, why is this even important for a hobby podcaster? Well, you know, for the podcasts that are under 200 downloads per episode, let's just choose that arbitrary number. You might think that this discussion really doesn't matter because you're just wanting to get your podcast out and get it listened to. However, it can get pretty easy to reach that next download level where it definitely would matter. So you have good content, you have good distribution, you have good promotion. It's pretty easy to go up to that next level 200 to 500, 500 to 2000, whatever. You can make those steps pretty easily. And if you are listening to better podcasting, it means that you are interested in making your podcast better. If you want to move your show eventually to a better media hosting solution, being able to move your RSS and put it in a redirect is definitely going to be a must unless you want to start your podcast all over. And I've heard those stories lately and it just breaks my heart a little bit because I know they're going to lose some listeners out of it. We've seen examples of this very thing on Gunna Geek where the RSS move has gone horribly wrong and it is frustrating towards the producer. They've just started off in the wrong area with their RSS feed and they've tried to move it over and it just turns into a train wreck. So owning your RSS feed is definitely a topic that hobby podcasters should pay attention to. Now, we are going to get to some just downright myth busting. But before we get that, we have a couple of things that we just want to quickly touch on before we get to that myth busting. One of the things in regard to this topic that we want to first start off by mentioning is that when you're looking into this hot topic discussion, because as we said, it does come up when you're reading information, we think it's very important to highlight that you need to look at the source of the article or the information that's being provided. This is because often there could be inherent bias to these articles. We try to stay more neutral on this show here, and that's probably because we have a couple different points of views. But there are a lot of people out there who do represent one specific business interest, and it leans one way. And so 
you got to sometimes be aware of that and filter through that. There's often established companies that are going to be talking ill about up and comers, for example, or they're going to be sort of spinning facts in their own direction. One of the ways that you can sort of identify this when you're reading information is to look to see if there's a blatant disregard for actual facts. A good example of this would be an article that's passionately going on about, quote, owning your own RSS feed, end quote, but doesn't talk about any of the facts, benefits, or any reasoning behind that. They're just talking about an opinion. That's a good example that that's probably just more of an opinion piece. Alternatively, an article that's passionately going on about maybe the reliability of using a media host service, but again, doesn't give real any examples or maybe just uses generalizations, big blanket statements about web hosting might also be a little bit more biased and uneducated on the other side of the coin. So definitely you want to pay attention for these as you dissect the information because it's really easy for podcasters to be passionate and to feel that passion. One thing they have heard often is that if you choose to host your RSS feed on a third-party company, you might be losing ownership of your podcast. That is not true. You're not technically losing ownership to your podcast. Think of it this way. Somebody could hijack your RSS feed potentially, but you still own your podcast. Now, if something happened, could you theoretically update a lot of the directories with a new URL? Yes. Would that be a pain? Yeah. Would there be some people that might not be able to? Yeah, it is a little technical. And if you're used to a certain way of hosting, you might not be able to do it. But you will need to consider that some directories that may have ties to your former media hosts, uh, you might just have difficulty proving the listing is yours. But some you may be able to update manually. For instance, Apple Podcasts, you know, you can go into podcastconnect.com and you can actually update the URL for the RSS feed there. There's also a good chance if your RSS feed is hijacked, you will lose existing subscribers. But at the end of the day, are you losing your podcast? No, you're just losing your subscribers. So yes, that definitely worth considering that if you do lose your RSS feed, you're not losing your podcast. Okay, so just keep that in mind. Yeah, this is this is the fun part of the show here. Let's get into some myth busting. All right, let's start with the first one that we mentioned at the top of the show. Self-hosting is not synonymous with owning your own RSS feed. And media hosting is not synonymous with not owning your RSS feed. We're going to touch on this more thoroughly throughout this episode, but let's go ahead and just say it now. It is not the case. While there are often people who do use those terms interchangeably, it's just not true. There are ways that you can have a self-hosted RSS and not own your feed. And there are ways to media host and own your feed. Again, we're going to delve into this a little bit later, but that is one thing that we needed to get into off the top here. So, Stephen, give us another myth. This is going to be fun. All right. I like this one, which is that maintaining control of your RSS feed on your domain, which is, for those of you not familiar, a domain is like your .com, your .ca, whatever. So like this one, betterpodcasting.com is a domain. If you maintain control of your RSS feed on your domain, that means that you cannot lose access to that. Well, that's again, very, very wrong. Now, while keeping your RSS feed on your domain potentially could make it more future-proof than not having it on your own property, the reality is, and trust me, I've been doing web a long time, this happens, you can lose your domain through a variety of other ways. Here's the most obvious way is you forget to renew it. Yes, people try to turn on auto renew, but maybe your billing information's wrong and your email address changed or something like this. Speaking from firsthand experience, we've actually seen that on non, no fewer than four podcast related domains that we have first handedly seen. And I'll tell you that a couple of them, we have actually saved said podcaster by renewing the domain and then letting them know, hey, guess what? This was in auction. So this can happen where so where your podcast domain expires and somebody else gets it. We're nice people. So, of course, you know, they got it back and everything. But this can definitely happen. And you know what? A lot of times, if there's any popularity to said domain, advertising companies will just scoop it up and try to sell it for an obscene amount of money. So 
you can absolutely lose your domain if you do have your RSS feed hosted on it and thus you lose your RSS feed. Now here's the other thing as well that you need to consider is who you registered that .com or that .ca or that .whatever. Who did you register that with? Yes, it's a lot better controlled than it used to be in the early days of domain registration, but there is still the possibility that if you registered that with the third party, that it wasn't done right and they might technically own control of that. Often I've seen this happen if somebody registers a domain through a questionable web hosting provider and it's not done right. So if they go away, you could all of a sudden lose your domain and again, lose your RSS feed, or you might have troubles getting that back. So the bottom line is that if you have your RSS feed on your domain, that doesn't guarantee that you can't lose it. Next myth. An RSS feed hosted on a media host's property is more reliable than a method where you maintain full control of your domain. Wrong. Just wrong. One fact that is often suggested by people who favor media hosting is that media hosting yields more reliability than the options where you have full control of the RSS through your own website. The reason this is often believed is because, quite frankly, most podcasters, and we'd argue many big names in the podcast advice-giving circles, don't know as much as they think they know about web hosting. One of those most common ways that a podcaster who retains control is to use WordPress and then to use a plugin for it. Thing is, WordPress is bloated, and a lot of podcasters add a lot of plugins, which makes the site more compromised. But here's the thing. You can actually scale it back and limit your exposure if you want. An example of this is just installing WordPress and PowerPress. That's it. Nothing else. If you couple this with a reliable web host that has proven uptime and also specializes in WordPress hosting, it's probably going to be very reliable. However, on the flip side of the coin, not all media hosts are equal. Now, if you happen to choose a media host that's a startup or maybe a venture capitalist funded company, they might not have as good reliability as somebody that is more proven. A good example of this is that Podbean, who we actually recommend to use now, used to have major issues back when they started. However, as they evolved, as Podbean evolved, they changed their back end and they're using different actual storage and are very reliable now. So yes, you can get reliability off your own website and you can get non-reliability out of a media host. All right, let's do a two for one myth. So myth number one is that owning my RSS feed means that I will always have full control that will allow me therefore to maximize my feed distribution. And then the second myth that we'll tackle at the same time, because you'll see where it goes, is it doesn't matter if I own my RSS feed. If I choose a reliable provider, that means that my show is guaranteed to be around for a very long time. So we're going to go ahead and, and bundle these together. Now, while you always want to go ahead and weigh the pros and the cons, the reality is that the RSS feed is the backbone of your show. And when you submit your show to a variety of different places, those places are going to index your RSS feed. So even if Apple Podcasts sends the, that URL to subscribers, if all of a sudden your RSS feed changes, if that's not handled right, you could potentially lose subscribers. Now, this is why this is not factually true, because you have to consider that there's a variety of different variables when it comes to where you trust your RSS feed to reside. For example, let's say that you choose a hosting provider to have your RSS feed on. What happens if that hosting provider goes away eventually? There's many examples of companies that were booming at some time that all of a sudden just went away, especially when you look at the internet industry and the tech industry. So just because you pick somebody reliable right now, and again, all of those different places are, are using that URL, that RSS URL. What happens if they are one of those companies that in a few years goes away? It could potentially happen. There's a lot of companies that have gone under. Here's another consideration. What about that ever-changing podcast space? You know, what happens if you choose a, a provider or a service that's just rock solid, but for some reason isn't 
isn't able to keep up with the new ways that people are getting podcasts, you could find yourself in a situation where choosing one method or provider for your RSS feed could limit your avenue of distribution. So a good example of this is how Libsyn has been ahead of the submissions with Spotify and Pandora. And a good example of the flip side of it is how SoundCloud has not modernized their back end with the Apple Podcasts ID3 tags and with IAB Podcast Measurement Guidelines 2.0. Not to say that they can't change that at SoundCloud, but right now they're not. So that's a good example both ways there. So definitely, uh, if you think about that first myth that we were talking about, how if you own your RSS feed, it means you'll have full control to maximize your feed. Well, that's just not the case. Because if you look at Libsyn, those users have had the upper, had the upper hand over the last couple of years. Now, some considerations and some ways that we think you can maximize both options here is no matter which route you go, you need to be aware of potential actions that could impact the decision that you made. For example, let's say that you decide that you want to go ahead and self-host your RSS feed. There's the real potential that you could end up giving up ownership if all of a sudden something comes along, it's, you know, very flashy, and you think that this would help you with your self-hosting performance. A good example of this would be using a third-party service that might possibly change the way that your RSS feed is being used. The exact example that we're kind of alluding to here is Podcast Mirror. So Podcast Mirror, for those of you not familiar, is a service that Blueberry created that ended up being created so that people who want to self-host their RSS feed had a more reliable opportunity because sometimes people do self-host their RSS feed on web hosting that just cannot keep up. So Blueberry, who is one of the biggest advocates for self-hosting, created this Podcast Mirror service that mirrors your feed and then therefore it's more reliable because it's on the Blueberry servers in theory. Well, here's the thing is the way that podcast mirror is set up is that it gives you a podcast mirror URL. So if as a self-hoster, I went and I switched over to using that podcast mirror URL, I'm in the same position as I would be if I was using a media host where all of a sudden now I'm relying on a different company. Yes, Blueberry has a pretty good reputation, but who knows? So it's definitely something that you want to be careful and aware of the shiny, sparkly objects that might draw you in only to realize, oh, wait, that goes against everything that I made my decision for. Podcast Mirror is one of those things that made me scratch my head when it came out. I mean, I get the intent, but the execution just like really, it, it sounds so good. But on the other hand, in execution, it's exactly what it's supposed to be rallying against. Anyway, if you go with an RSS feed on somebody else's URL, consider all the ways that you can balance out the owning of your own property. For example, did you know that many media hosts give you an option to direct the link tag on each post? And here on Better Podcasting, we always set that to www.betterpodcasting.com slash episode number, whatever that is. Well, this one will be 160, so it'd be betterpodcasting.com slash 160. What this means is that when podcatchers are reading that specific link and using it as a hyperlink back to the full episode, it's tied to our domain. Now consider using domain redirects for all of your references, even when the references might be on a third party service. For example, let's say you're using the default Podbean website for your main website landing. Let's take a look to see if you can set www.yourhobbypodcast.com slash RSS as a redirect to your RSS feed. Then on your website on Podbean, where you list that, use www.yourhobbypodcast.com slash RSS. If you ever move on and something has crawled this uh, actual URL, hopefully it's captured that URL and not Podbean's. Similarly, when you are referencing other directories within your website, try to follow that same approach. This is because if something by chance happens and you lose that listing, let's say you lose your Apple podcast listing for whatever reason, you can actually change where that is redirecting and not have to worry about changing a bunch of links on your website, which is the bane of owning a website, right? Something changes, you got to change all those links. Ugh. Wouldn't it be a lot better to just go into your redirect panel and just change that and know that your entire website is still valid? 
that would be awesome. I've seen you do that recently, and I'm like, oh man, that's so sweet. That's a, that's great. It was a good setup there. Uh, if you choose to go with sort of like the self-hosting route in an attempt to own your own RSS feed, don't feel that you have to give up the power of a media host provider. This is something, again, a lot of people try to make those interchangeable terms and whatnot, and it's just not true. For example, you could very well have your RSS feed on your own website, but throw that media on something like Podbean or Libsyn or one of the other providers, and then by this method, you'll likely get the majority of the statistics benefits that you can get with some of these very established media host providers without having to put your RSS feed on their service. So you can definitely merge the two together. Yes, there will be some metrics that you will only be able to get by using an RSS feed on that media host provider, but this will probably give you a lot better option than just self-hosting your media itself. We touched on this earlier, but if you're wanting to have your RSS feed on a media host, but you are also feeling a little concerned about having not having it on your own domain, you should look at all the options available. Let's look at our one of our favorite podcasts out there, thestorybehindpodcast.com. And it's a great example because it's a podcast that uses hosts on Libsyn. So all the media are on Libsyn, but they keep, she keeps, Emily in this case, keeps the RSS under her own domain, which is thestorybehindpodcast.com slash RSS. Yes, there is an extra charge for this service, but if Emily ever wanted to move somewhere else for her podcast, media hosting, she could potentially take the story behind podcast.com slash RSS and put it wherever she wanted to. The only caution we have with this, that if you should look at all the options available, as we said, and understand if they fit your vision. For example, the media in that RSS feed is still a Libsyn URL. So if somebody migrated from there, that media will still point back to Libsyn. So definitely make sure that uh, you keep all of that in mind. But I really like that example because it is a really solid one about an actual podcaster that does have their domain hosted with Libsyn and or, or you know, pointing to Libsyn. There's a difference between host. Anyways, I won't get all technical. <laughs> so here's one of the things that we also thought was relevant in this whole conversation was, do you really want to use the destinations within your media host? If they offer a submission to different places, isn't that kind of like giving up control and not owning your RSS feed? We briefly touched on this in a past episode, but since we're doing this today, we wanted to make sure we mentioned it now. A lot of people are really quick to get upset within the podcast space when a new media host provider comes out and they offer submission automatically to Apple Podcasts. So a great example would be if Anchor goes and automatically submits your podcast or gives you the option of submitting to Apple Podcasts. Well, when that submission happens, usually all of that information for that submission with Apple Podcasts is tied to Anchor rather than the user. So in such an exciting time where we see new options like Spotify and Pandora, the it's very tempting to go ahead and get in on those submissions. But the thing that you need to consider, at least consider, is that when you execute on this, it's the same thing as what we just talked about with Anchor and Apple Podcasts. If there is a potential way for a third, sort of a neutral part, party portal to come in, well, if you have had your media host go and submit all of this stuff to Spotify or Pandora, if there's no way to sort of get that transferred over to that neutral portal, you don't have access to that listing until that sort of method of claiming it comes to be. And who knows when that's going to happen or if that's going to happen. Took a long time on Apple Podcasts to get a process where you could claim back an RSS or a listing on Apple Podcasts. So absolutely, it's worth considering when these come out, am I comfortable with the fact that this might be tied to my hosting provider for a certain amount of time? Now, I think it's also important to mention that there is examples of this submission process with both media hosting and sort of more self-hosting own your own RSS feed advocates. A really good example of this would be that uh, there was, I think Blueberry had the option for a while and maybe still do of submitting to Spotify 
through their API, which is essentially through the Blueberry dashboard. So it's the same problem is that there's no real way yet to get that listing out of Spotify to that neutral dashboard if that's where you want it to reside. So definitely it's not just media hosting. It's not just self-hosting. This is anytime you're using a service to submit that to a destination. You really have to weigh the pros and the cons. Do you find it's worthwhile to wait months or possibly even years to get that neutral dashboard? Or do you want to get in on it right away? So you got to make that decision for yourself and how it plays into the whole uh, owning your own RSS feed and owning your property sort of idea. There are benefits, just to expand on this point just a little bit further, there are benefits of going with a podcast media host to submit to different destinations. If there is a specialized API that they have not released to everybody, just maybe the media hosts themselves, you might not be able to get those stats and vice versa. Maybe they haven't released the private API to the podcast media hosts. So you get the reverse effect where if you're on Podbean or Blueberry or Libsyn and you submitted your podcast somewhere, you might not be getting as good of stats as you would if you went into the portal directly. And a good example of this that just about every podcaster knows is Apple Podcasts because the stats that are in Apple Podcasts are really good stats in terms of listenability. You know, where do people drop off? Where do they come in? That sort of thing. And you just don't get that in media hosts because the API hasn't been released. So just, just an example, it goes both ways. And if you're considering it from the own your own RSS feed stamp, then that's a consideration as well. And I think it should be, I think anytime you automatically submit your show to a destination, you should do that. The other fact that I wanted to bring up is perhaps, and, and this kind of started with Google play music and which is not really a thing anymore. But Google Play Music had different tags than the Apple Podcast tags were even back in, in the day. So setting up a different destination was probably good for the future if you were going to continue to use that destination and if the destination required separate tags within the RSS feed. Uh, could you combine them at some point in time? Maybe, but that'll blow your RSS feed. So just different things to keep into consideration. There's no right answer here. I mean, maybe you thought we were going to come at this and say there's a right answer. No, we're trying to come at this with there's pros and the cons. And there's things that people say that are just incorrect or at least obscuring what the truth is. And we just want to make sure that you know the full truth behind owning your own RSS feed and what you might be giving up with either side and what you might be benefiting from either side. Absolutely. So if you think there's something that we missed, please let us know. Get in touch with us through any of the ways. You can go ahead and reach us at podcast at betterpodcasting.com. Tweet us at betterpod or head on over to facebook.com slash betterpodcasting. At the end of the day, though, no matter what you do, get yourself a domain and just reference that on your show. Get yourself a domain and reference that on your show, even if it just redirects very, very simply. That is one of the big things that we like to say. So it ties right in here. But let us know what are your thoughts. And let's go ahead and move on to the Better Podcasting Download. Welcome to this week's Better Podcasting Download. All right. Today is a short download, but something that we thought was very, very important to mention. We've talked a little bit in the past how there's all sorts of should we call them shenanigans? Shenanigans happening in the world of Apple Podcasts. What is with everybody using calling <laughs> shenanigans out lately? I mean, what, what is that? You, you've been using that for the past few weeks. I know. So there's shenanigans happening in Apple Podcasts where when people are rejected or are rejected from the review process, uh, there's not a lot of information that's been provided. So a lot of people have been left scratching their head going, what's going on? Why am I being rejected? I don't know. Okay, I thought you and I had chemistry. I thought that it was something that you felt the same way for me. Why don't you want to go on a date with me? I like you. you sorry, flashbacks. Uh, so Apple Podcasts, today they sent out an email to, and it's, I'll just read it out. It says, Dear Podcast Provider, to improve your experience with Apple Podcasts, we want to share the following announcements and information updates to review status in my podcast. More detailed reasons for show rejections are now included in my podcast. 
Should your show fail our review process, this message will inform you of the reason so you can correct it. Note that some concern types do not allow you to resubmit the feed. In these cases, contact us directly for reevaluation. So this is really good to know because we've mentioned it, that there's been a lot of confusion about the rejections. And so hopefully this is going to give us a little bit more information. Now, is this the matter of someone goes and they submit it duplicate and it's going to go ahead and it's only that sort of case? Or is it with that whole situation where people are keyword stuffing? I'm excited to see what sort of information comes out of this. More information is always better so that we know what to fix. It's really hard to fix your car when someone says, hey, fix your car. It's broken. Thanks. No idea what's you, broken. You can't figure it out. You, you don't have one of those code readers that you can just plug into your engine and figure out what's going on. Right. So imagine if you plugged in that code reader and the code reader said it, it'd be broke. You, you don't know, right? So that's what Apple Podcasts has been doing, basically. That's fair enough. That's usually what happens to me. Like, it'd be broke. Could be one of 10, 10 20, 30 things. Or in my case, the engine's not in the car. So we can't go anywhere. Yeah, this was pretty important. And I will be curious as to what they actually start to tell podcasters in here. If they're really detailed or maybe it's like a, like the YouTube review process. Steven, you remember this? Oh, we God. wrote we, we wrote this whole like 5,000 character rebuttal one point in time. And you were so frustrated because at the end of the day, when you submitted the rebuttal, it was 80 characters. <laughs> that was it. 80. Yeah. That's all you get to, to rebut when you're claimed or whatever on YouTube. It's like, really? What? What's that? And I think you tried to game it. And you try to put a URL in there to, to something else that would have more explanation and it didn't work. Anyway, that's the sort of thing that I'm wondering if iTunes or Apple Podcasts is going to do here, because if they can get detailed enough to tell you how you can actually fix your show, then this is going to be worth it. But if they're just writing, it'd be broke. That's just not going to work. <laughs> And the second piece in this email was holiday submission schedule. If you plan to release new shows on Apple Podcasts in December, be aware of delays in the review of new submissions between December 21st and January 2nd. Shows submitted during this window may not be reviewed with our regular time frame of five business days. Plan accordingly and submit any new shows with this in mind. So Stargate Pioneer... I hate to tell you this, but I know while we were on break, you were planning on releasing the dirty secrets of Stephen Jondra's life. I'm sorry. You might have to wait till January to release that. Well, it's a, I, here's another thing that's important in here. Let's just leave that podcast alone because I, it's, I need brain bleach just thinking about it. <laughs> Within this email, it says our regular time frame is five business days. This is their standard right now. I think it's definitely going to change in the future. I don't know if they're going to get more automated or maybe they're going to get more personal interaction with it. I mean, it's a heck of a lot of shows. Think in terms of two to three to 5,000 shows being submitted each week. I don't know if humans can evaluate that much, but if you use automated learning, uh, machine learning sort of stuff, automated intelligence, artificial intelligence sort of things, I think you can narrow it down to the more important things that need human intervention. But I don't know what Apple's processes are. I don't know where they plan to go in the future. Uh, but five business days, it's pretty short, I think, in, in the grand scheme of things. And I might expect that to be longer in the future or maybe shorter, depending on how they evolve. And let's face it, Apple might not want to be in the podcast game long term. I don't know. I don't know how much money they're making on it now. I don't know how much money they're planning on making in the future. I don't know if this is one of those lead loss items for them where they're like, eh, we don't care. We just want to keep it around because we know we can control it in the future when it makes billions and billions of dollars. I, I, I don't know. But this is important. Five business days today that might change in the future. But right now, if you're going to submit your podcast outside of those dates that were mentioned, five business days. And keep in mind that one time I had a podcast approved in 20 minutes. I had one too. I had one too. You know, I think it was the gunnageek.com show actually. It was one of them. The like first, the, the first time. time? The first time. Not not the eighth and the ninth. But okay. let's go ahead and move on to the fun, fun, better podback that we've got where we're going to talk about a poll that we posted. It's more of a, a sampling on Twitter. 
So two weeks ago, I went on Twitter and I posted the fall. No, it wasn't me. It was SP. SP posted the following question. He said, what has been your most fun episode for you to record? Your highest downloaded episode and your most meaningful episode. Don't hesitate to give additional details for each and give us your podcast website too. All right. Kick us off your Stargate Pioneer with Sun Power Pod, which is sunshine and power cuts. Heather replied, she's the brain trust behind Sun Power Pod. She replied and said, when I've had guests have been the most fun to record, most recently with at Story Behind Pod. The highest downloaded episode is Sun Episode 022 Movement. My most meaningful is Power Episode 021, Under the Weather, because it was the first episode after going through a really low point. So all great responses there heather that was great and she condensed it into i don't know how many characters does twitter allow now i don't know 270 or something like that so she was work, really working that one tweet thing yeah absolutely we also had a couple of tweets from zachary webb at the zachary webb said my most meaningful episodes of at serious tech show is whichever one i'm currently doing but i guess episodes eight and nine which shared information about cell phone carriers and some of the tech and recent changes with them he also followed up and said my most downloaded episode of at serious tech show was also episode two where i talked to at jay collison about teenagers and technology that's pretty cool by the way it, at serious about tech show zach He's really good about picking up the secondary, and I'll call it secondary because it's not one of the main ones, cell phone market. So mm -hmm. he's really paying attention to that. So if you want to know more about the totality of the mobile phone market, Zachary Webb is one person to follow. And his podcast, once again, is serious about tech. And by the way, I'll give a shout out there at Jay Carlson is Jim Carlson, who is in our chat today at www.geeks.live. We also had... Win Kelly Charles respond. What did Win Kelly Charles say, Espy? She said, Well, I started a new podcast with my girlfriends and it's a blast. So that's basically it. <laughs> it's a blast for her. So that's definitely her most fun podcast. So way to go, Win. Fighting Through, which is at Paul, and I'll spell it out the second part C H E A L L, said fun 36. Hashtag WW. Two tank captain interview over three hour amazing exploits including breaching the geneva convention <sighs> highest one dunkirk beach memoir will the troops escape meaningful 10 dunkirk diary of ships captain woods such poignant feedback and tears from his family wow that would have been amazing yeah we also had a response from at capes on the couch and at Capes on the Couch replied with, most fun and highest downloaded would probably be our Deadpool episode. Most meaningful would be Sentry. Our co-host got very emotional during the discussion. You can find all our episodes at capesonthecouch.live. There's another example of a dot .live. There you go. We had Christine, which is at my name is purpose, say, oh, this is fun. Well, at History Footnotes, highest downloaded episode is the royal teeth of Louis XIV. Spoiler alert. His dental problems are nasty. Isn't that how you... Oh, sorry. It's not XIV. It's Ziv. Is that right? Ziv. Louis the Fourteenth. Oh, Louis the Fourteenth. That's not Louis Ziv. Oh, totally different show. We also had Christine continue on and say the most fun episode of me to record was one I did with at historian mum, where we followed the absurd story of Edward Gibbon Wakefield, who thought abducting an heiress was a good idea and would help him become a member of parliament. Definitely interested in that. I uh, have not heard that story before, but I would definitely say that that uh, to me would probably not help. Probably not. Now, Christine followed up with her third tweet to close off her response. And she said, and my personally most meaningful at history footnote episode was about Jumbo the elephant because I love elephants and advocate for them. So it's telling the story of a poor elephant elephant plucked from Africa and forced to be a Victorian celebrity 
was rough. Wow. Okay. That's at history footnote. I definitely going to catch a couple of these episodes. That was pretty cool. We also had Marvel Mythos podcast at Marvel Mythos podcast. Say most fun Marvel zombies. An amazing time discussing the ridiculous plot and fantastic deaths. Highest downloaded Spider-Man's Savage Genesis, which covers the first appearance of Carnage. Most meaningful X-Men Fallout, our inaugural episode. Ah, I like it. I like it. Steven's definitely got a new one for his uh, cell phone. What what do you use? Podcast Addict now? Beyond Uh, Pod? Beyond Pod. I use Beyond Pod. Yeah. Okay. So thanks everybody who participated in that. That was a lot of fun. Uh, we had a lot of people respond, and I, I'll admit it, SP, I didn't think it was going to take off like it did. I really liked it. No, and if you listening have not had a chance to reply to this, what we're looking for is your most fun episode that you did, that you recorded, your highest downloaded episode, and your most meaningful episode. Just get this to us anytime. We'll talk about it in the feedback section of a future show. Now, over on Discord, we still had some amazing conversation this past week. I'm actually pretty amazed at all the really cool conversation that we're having in multiple channels mm-hmm. on our Discord server, which you can find at guineageek.com slash Discord. But in I, I, this... I, I got to interrupt and take a second here and just say okay. there has been a couple of debates in our Discord server, and I am very impressed with everybody's cool, calm, and collectedness in there it's been really really interesting to finally finally see people debate something civilly oh does my heart so good so if you want to be in in a discord it's gonna geek.com slash discord it's a really really great community that's being built over there i've only had to moderate you once steven so that's a new record yeah chris has moderated me many times Uh, i see so we had a actual post by the liberty dude and he said Considering every step of the way so far of learning the modern digital way of production has been like returning back to preschool. Would it be crazy to experiment with a quote practice podcast unquote on the free service? Then when I'm a little further along, maybe first grade, do your real podcast on the right service. And this was an interesting back and forth that we had there. Absolutely. And we'll leave it at that. We have an opinion on that. But if you want to check that out, it's guineageek.com slash discord. And the last piece that we're just going to give a call out from the Discord server was we had Mark D say, I know it isn't an everyday thing, but has anyone had trouble with podcastconnect.apple.com recently? I had to try several times using different Apple IDs to finally get in there with one. So some good feedback over there. I will tell you that I once had a situation where I had to go through Apple podcast support and they had to change some billing information and just weird things. I don't know why they needed it. Nothing's being charged. But anyways, uh, sometimes that happens that there is an account issue and you can only resolve it by dealing with Apple. So if this continues, I suggest you definitely reach out to them. With my situation, the podcast group took a look, said, hey, you got to get in touch with the billing team. Give them a call and gave me the information. So it was uh, I was able to get there in the end. Some of the effects can be solved by logging into a desktop version of iTunes. No, not everybody does that these days. They go through their uh, phones, but sometimes desktop has to be uh, the avenue that you approach. And we just had a lot of great feedback on the Discord server. We have a lot of great feedback on Twitter. So I just want to thank everybody. We have a lot of great feedback on YouTube. Thank you. If you're listening to this show, if you're watching this show, thank you very much. We're going to get into year-end stuff in the next couple of shows, but just want to say thank you. It's been a good 2018. We'll leave it at that for now. Absolutely. Well, before we do close things down, I want to just let everybody know if you haven't seen it on Twitter or Facebook, uh, this is the time of year where we do pre-record things. And so please keep an eye on facebook.com slash better podcasting or twitter.com slash better pod because next week when we do record this the week of the 17th through 19th uh well 16th through 22nd i just kind of used our podcast recording days because it's all about our podcast here uh we are going to be doubling up on some episodes so that we are only taking a one-week break over the winter festive holiday season And so if you want to get in on the live action 
at www.geeks.live. We're just locking down the times and we will definitely have that announced through our Twitter and through our Facebook. So please do check that out because if you like to check it out live, you can hang out with us for a couple of hours. Yeah, that sounds worse when I said it out loud. Yeah, Stephen, you've had quite the night. I mean, you've had some emotional scars from high school, a, a <laughs> date that apparently went wrong. So you've got some memories that you maybe we need to take some time off air to discuss. <laughs> Fair enough. But there you go. So for episode number 160 of Better Podcasting, I'm Stephen John Drew saying it's almost over. The year is almost through. And I'm SP saying... Keep having fun with your podcast. We're going to have some fun the next couple of weeks talking about gear, and we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Send us your 2019 stories. Thank you for listening to another episode of Better Podcasting. We want to hear from you. You can find all of our contact information at betterpodcasting.com. If you like the show, please consider giving us a five-star review in iTunes. We encourage you to check out all of the other geeky podcasts available at gunnageeknetwork.com. This has been a Gunna Geek production. Thanks for listening, and we will see you again next week. <laughs>